I have to say, I had a dream yes. last night about about us recording. Oh no. And That's when you know you've been doing something too long when you start having dreams about it. What's funny though is like I had not watched any of the episodes and so but I didn't want to tell you that I hadn't. So I tried to just like play along with record in the recording and was like frantically trying to remember the episode from like having seen it when I was like 15. Well, two things. One, we both have admitted that we can't remember this first one we were doing this week, so that's going to be interesting, too. So you're having, like, the school, like, I didn't study for the test dreams, but for Yes, but, but I didn't, it, it was funny in that, in the in the dream, it wasn't the terror and anxiety that I feel in the school, I didn't study for the test dream. It was more a, let's see how long I can keep this plate spinning. <laughs> that's really funny, because I'm going to reveal something to you now, because I don't think it's ever going to happen. Oh. But I have been waiting to do an episode where I don't watch it, and then I try and see how long I can make you think I did watch it. Like, how long I can, like, guess the plot or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was going to kind of do it here, but then I found myself remembering too much of it. Mm-hmm. But I, the point, the idea was to record it and then, like, do a bumper at the beginning that was like, listeners, Ryan hasn't listened, actually watched this episode. Let's see how long before Laurel notices or whatever. That's true. Um, As you say that, uh, I was thinking on my drive back to Austin today uh, that, you know, if our schedules don't align um, kind of like they did in in November and I have to record Mm -hmm. an episode by myself, I was like, will I have enough to talk about if it's just me talking about the episode? So I guess that's one way I could find out is if you don't watch the episode. Yes, I... I think you'll be shocked. I think you'll be fine with one episode just finding stuff to talk about. Like, things will just pop in your head. You'll be fine. That's true. That's um, true. I do listen to I, a podcast that's long form. It's usually between an hour and a half and two hours. And it's a woman roughly my age. And she's the only person on it. She's talking. She usually deep dives oh. into a topic of some sort with a lot of tangents. Um, I don't listen to every episode because if she doesn't, if I don't care about the topic she's talking about, then I'm like, well, I'm not going to listen. But Tara was feeling sick this weekend, and I had to record an episode of Princess Diaries. We had a guest, but it was oh, just cool. me, mm-hmm. and I was like flop sweat, like oh okay. Uh, when the movie started, because she takes all like copious amounts of notes, and I just kind of like pop in with like I remember this, and I remember this, and I'm <laughs> sitting there like okay. Then this happens, and it was Brother Bear, which I hadn't seen before, Ooh, mm-hmm. so it's not even like one I could. It, reach back is that one where like a human turns into a bear yes okay that's what i thought i was pleasantly surprised i don't know if you've seen that one but it was actually so, i've i think it came out around the time i was babysitting for this one family i babysat for the same family for like eight years and i want to say that like they had friends over and were like watching it at some point but i was in another part of the mm-hmm. house with like the kid that didn't have friends over so i, I just i remember bits and, and pieces right but... I will say, though, looking back on my days as a high school and then college babysitter, I was a steal. I was definitely mm-hmm. not charging enough. Um, I constantly tell the kid who mows my lawn he should be charging more. And yeah. He's like, no, it's okay. It's twenty. It's twenty bucks, and I'm like, you could, I'm like twenty five at least. Like you could be charging way more than that. Like just like and he he edges. He oh, yeah. he does all this stuff. Yeah, he does everything, and I'm just like. I mean, we've got a small yard, you, so you I keep telling him, like... You have a small yard, so... Right. Well, but he, that's his, like, as far as I can tell, that's his... You know, I don't talk to the kid much, but I'm like, do you charge everyone this? Because I, like, tell people, you should get Crawford to come mow your lawn. And he's like, yeah, just 20 bucks. And I'm like, dude, like, you have to start charging more. I, I, I mean, well, you know, you could always give him, you know, 20 and then a tip, like, you know. I've tried him and the kid before him, like, I tried giving tips or, like, He's like, if I knew they like cleaned up dog poop, I'll like throw extra money and then like they leave it. Oh, what what sweet kids live but in this? The, like in the sweet Austin to the area. point where I'm like, I'm giving you this money. Take the money. Like, do you ever? I like this is something that's very like. I, I saw it in a Sopranos episode, but it's also like something I notice when I'm in the East Coast, where it's like. There's a Sopranos episode where Tony goes to the bathroom. He comes back and Meadows boyfriend has paid for dinner mm-hmm. and like meadow and carmelo are like oh tony isn't he so nice and then he like goes outside and like throws him up against the wall and he's like what do you think you are paying for like and like that's a very like you don't do that like the parents pay for stuff yes but you are not this person's parent <laughs> well there's that but there's also like the idea of like me giving you money is like 
I don't know. I just think that's uh, there's the the kids going like. I've seen more from Jersey kids be like, oh, yeah, take that money, no question. I do the dance, at least, with my parents, where I'm like, oh, no, I couldn't. Or like, yeah. if, or this kid where he's like, here's five extra dollars for cleaning up poop. No, I'm not going to. It's like, take the freaking $5. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, mean, I don't need $5 more than you do first off. And yeah. I'm offering it to you. <laughs> That's, that is fair. This this reminds me of two times I've tried to pay for, for dinner, um, when one time when I went and visited, went home with Amy for spring break and to Wisconsin and like we spent the week with her family and like, you know, her parents like housed and fed me and like drove us places and everything. And my mom was like, I'm going to give you some money for you to take you to pay for dinner one night. Like when you take them out, like take them out to dinner or something. And so like, it was like my last dinner there before they were going to take us to the airport. And I was all like, Oh, like, you know, dinner is on me. And Amy's mom was like, I would love to see you try to pay for she was like i just i would love to see you try to do this because my husband is not going to let you right 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 and then the second time is i was in philly for thanksgiving and staying with visiting my friend jessica's family for not jessica who has guested on the pod um for for thanksgiving and um we went out to the chinese restaurant right by their house for dinner the night before and i was like and the bill came and i was like oh i've got it and it was as though i don't know i had like announced i was a nazi or something everybody that's, gasped yeah. and was like absolutely not that's what i'm talking about if i've offered to pay for something with like tara's you know parents or it was, her aunt and uncle they kind of gave me like a look like i had two heads like what are you saying and i'm like no like it, it i could was, do it it's just like a gasp of horror like oh, no yeah. no and her brother's like well put your card away put your put your card away and i'm like oh okay okay i was like no everyone take it easy <laughs> wallet's going back in the purse everything's fine <laughs> hey hey hold on one sec lady just came in and, and opened the door so i gotta go close it lady Hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs. And sometimes we get together and talk about Frasier episodes, even though we can't remember what happened in them. And today's going to be one of those episodes as we make up from uh, yet last uh, sessions kind of went long on one episode. So we're going to make up the second one. And not only are we going to make up the second one, it's the second part of that episode. <laughs> it is. It's interesting because it's like they don't say to be continued, if I remember they, correctly. No, they, they do say to be continued. Do yet, they? They don't. Yet these episodes have two different titles. There's right. not a part one and a part two, but it does say to be continued. On Wikipedia, they're listed as part one and part two, even though they have different titles. It's like this was called A Passing Fancy Part Two. Oh, Which that's weird. But it's like, there's name. no Passing Fancy Part 1. <laughs> right. There's a semi-distant proposal in, in parentheses, Part 1. Like, what was it? What was the name of the quad, of the, the train, parentheses, come on and ride it? <laughs> Which I was like, that's what it's called. Um, so this, this, this week we'll be doing uh, Season 8, Episode 22, A Passing Fancy, which came out on May 15th, 2001. Frazier's study sessions with Lana's son, Kirby, are not going well, which threatens his chances of ever seeing Claire again. All right, what do we remember from this one? He's he's trying to get with Claire. Uh, he, he's still trying to get with Claire. Lana has mm-hmm. made that deal with him in the previous episode that if she tutors Kirby and gets his grade up in U.S. history, I'm sorry, if he, if he tutors Kirby and gets his grade up in U.S. history, she will help him get in good with Claire, so Claire will mm-hmm. want to go out with him. We learned in this episode that Claire did date that Neil guy that she... Uh, met at Lana's party for a little bit, but they've stopped seeing each other. Okay. Um, if you say so. And I, I will be honest. I don't have any notes on this one because that's, this one didn't have like a very big impression on me. I was like, eh, okay. I at least have half a page of notes. Let's see. Let's see what we can, what we can resurrect here. This one had some, some problematic things involving some homophobia and also Frazier essentially pimping Roz out. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do. There's one thing I remember liking about this, and we'll get to that there later. Is some, there is a continuation of Daphne being an overactive sleeper and injuring Niles. Yes. In, in her That sleep. stuff was pretty funny. And I, um, I, I apparently, when I was a child, was quite, it was like I was just like an eel in my sleep, just like thrashed around <laughs> like everywhere. I, I like to think that now I've really, 
I've really calmed down, but, um, my dad and I used to go on road trips. Uh, we like one of them one year was we flew into LA and drove, took a long time driving up to San Francisco and we stayed, we went to Santa Barbara and Santa Barbara has very, very, very expensive hotels, like right on the beach, Mm -hmm. but they also have one motel six on the beach. And the Motel 6 is, like, booked out for, like, months, but we Mm -hmm. got a room. So we were, like, super excited and we get there. And we get, you know, we go into the room and there's one, like, full bed. (laughs) And we're like, okay. So we go and we're like, hey, we'd like to change rooms. We're like, well, sorry. Like, there's not another room That is the room. (laughs) And I remember waking up the next morning uh, and apparently I had been, like, flopping around so much. I wake up in the morning to my father, like, sitting at the foot of the bed in a chair staring at me drinking a Bloody Mary. (laughs) And just, like, giving me this look. And I'm like, what? He's like, I will never ever sleep in the same bed as you ever again in my life you are like he kept he kept referring to me as shamu and i think what he meant was i was doing like he's like i would do like flips <laughs> like like a dolphin show or something like and then fall back down he's like he's like this is the craziest thing i've ever seen yeah i think there's a thing about kids because you always hear about like people who go in to like wake their kids up in the morning and the kid is now like perpendicular from where they were when they fell asleep i think there's just <laughs> when you're a kid your your body is doing so many things at night to like help you grow that you're just like you know thrashing around and everything so tara with not feeling well sometimes sleeps in the other room so sometimes mm-hmm. we're sleeping in separate so i think sometimes we are all very together. aware that when tara's not feeling well she sleeps in another room just want to make sure because i don't want someone coming in the first time and being like this guy is not very i feel like this marriage isn't old enough for them to be sleeping in separate well, beds yet you, well we'll put a pin in that keep going um every time she sleeps with me the uh comforter and she i'm usually mr like if i'm she's not in the bed i'm wake up like diagonal or Mm -hmm. sideways or all over the place starfished yeah when she is in there the comforter moves 90 degrees because the tag is always up by her and i'm like doing experiments where i'm like okay she's coming in here i'm gonna make sure the tag's in the right spot okay and then the next morning i get up it's over on like 90 degrees like up by the side i'm like what is she doing why is she rotating the comforter 90 I... degrees like that? so is it is it rotating towards you or no towards her. towards her so i i wonder if what happens is she pulls some of the blanket over and rather than pulling it back you just pull from the edge of the bed and then she pulls more and then you pull and so that's how the comforter is just constantly rotating Maybe. My thing is I think she moves it and then she like reaches down to like pull it up to her chin and she's mm-hmm. grabbing the wrong corner and then like readjusting. But that's a great way to keep the wear and tear on your comforter very even, you know? Like, <laughs> but I, here's I, the thing. Here's the other part of the experiment, Laurel, is I'll leave it in that spot and it'll stay. It's only when it's in its correct orientation that it changes to that other orientation. It's not constantly rotating every oh. night. Oh, Okay, I don't have an answer for you. Isn't that weird? That like, I guess she just likes it that way. Well, I, don't I also know wonder what if what you consider the correct orientation is actually not, like, it's too short where it's supposed to be long, and thus maybe. That, um, anyway, uh, but but when you say that something about like you don't want people to think that a couple your age sleeps in separate beds, I follow a few different bloggers who are our age, and mm-hmm. um, look, I'm aging you down. Um, who? How sweet of you who sleep in, in separate bedrooms from their spouses. And mm-hmm. when one of them was, she, she'd refer to it a few times. And then she said something like, I think people think that we only do this when one of us is sick or like one of us has to like get up early or something. She's like, no, her husband's name is Scott. She's like, Scott and I have slept in separate bedrooms for like several years. And it is like, you know, it's one of the only things to like keep our marriage together or something like that. And then, wow. but, but you know, she was like joking, but she was like, it's been super beneficial because they both kind of have sleep problems a little mm-hmm. bit. And um, she was like, where am I? She was like, where are my fellow like non-co-sleeper yet happily married people? And then she posted like all the responses that she was getting on Instagram. And it was like a not insignificant, like probably like 20 people who responded being like, yeah, like some of them were like, I, you know, got married, you know, in my late 30s. And I was so used to sleeping alone that like I could just never get a good night's sleep. Like any movement in the bed was waking me up and... Just well, a lot of different snorers, chronic snorers. You know? Yeah. The funny thing is, like, Tara and I talk about, like, all the time, when we first started, like, staying over at each other's place, like, we would spoon all night. Like, we could maintain big spoon, little spoon, like, in our sleep and then wake up the next day, which is, uh, like, 
it was like when it happened, we're like, we're so meant for each other. And little did we know, like now I go and she's like, all right, it's been like four minutes. Get, get off me. Like, you know, and like now we can't even do it when we're both awake for very long. And I, I'm always like, how did we do that? Like, we're, we must have been really into each other. I mean, since y'all are now married, I think you could, I think you could say that, you know, that you were really yeah. into each other. Um, yeah, I can't have somebody touching me for for the entire night like oh sure i'll fall asleep I, as the little spoon and then i'll wake up who knows how long later an hour i don't even know and then i'll be like okay i'm i'm pushing out from under I'm- laurel it's not like this is something i did with a lot of other people like there were like, like it's not like i this like typically i used to be like this and now i'm not it was something i did like i i fell asleep in spoon position with her and woke up the next morning like i'm like oh my god and then we just kept doing it for a long time so you, and weren't, then, you weren't a cereal spooner, is what you're I saying? I wasn't a cereal spooner. Um, I will say I think Tara is the only person who sometimes likes, who, who like sometimes I'm little spoon with. It's nice, um, but like, <laughs> I mean, I'm still the big spoon. It's like what it looks like is I've like put the spoons in a wrong position. Yes, but you know yes. what I mean. <laughs> yes, but it's just it's just funny that like that we just did that, and I was like, this is how it's always going to be, and I was like, nope, <laughs> no wrong. <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I do remember, I did date somebody who occasionally, he he just he was like, can I be Little Spoon? And I'd be like, oh, of course you can. <laughs> you can be the we Little do, Spoon. <laughs> we do sometimes when we're both, like, really comfortable, and I'm like, okay, I'm really comfortable, you're really comfortable, but, like, we want to have that, like, connection, and literally just be, like, normal sleeping, and then, like, my hand's, like, on her side. <laughs> like, oh. just, like... <laughs> like kind of like yeah. just to know she's there I'm, or like I'm, I'm, next I'm, to her like touching her <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that i'm okay with that also amy and i when we lived in the sorority house we didn't spoon get those images <laughs> out of your mind but um well it's we, funny because in my mind it wasn't it wasn't obscene it was just like very cute like oh good night good night amy good night laurel <laughs> uh, oh i mean we, we would definitely well we're not gonna go down that road people are gonna get the wrong <laughs> idea but um we the the two the two rooms that we that we shared together in the house we set up our beds both times to where we could reach out and hold hands from our beds while we were going to sleep if we were ha- if we'd had a bad day. What, when Tara and I had our uh, um, honeymoon, they did a couple's massage, and at the end they take your hands and put them together, and oh. they did that for us, but we were both dead asleep. I was gonna say I would be so asleep or so relaxed that I would not be able to maintain a handhold. Right. Hold. Well, we did it somehow. We're just sitting there, and then they're like hello because <laughs> like, what's supposed to happen is they do it and you go oh how lovely this is wonderful what happened is they did it and they're like hello and we're like what <laughs> also i always thought couples massages were that like after after you got them they like leave you alone because they figure it's gonna get a little frisky because you're so I mean, relaxed from the massage i, I feel think, like they're not normally I, like hello <laughs> i think the indication was go back to your room if you want to do that i don't think they're like we're gonna give you some time alone in the okay i'll tell this one story that we need to get back to this episode we don't remember but leah and i once looking back we were like oh it's valentine's weekend we should have thought about this she came to austin this is right before the pandemic like when people were like share that last photo you have before the pandemic like it's me and leah that i have but um we we were like we had done a spa day like the previous fall and so we're like oh let's do one in austin Again, not realizing it was Valentine's weekend and mm. or not putting two and two together because it was like, I don't know, the 17th or something. So we didn't really like think about it. There was a couple there that like in the like relaxation room where you like wait in between your appointments and stuff. This couple was like, I mean, basically almost going to home base. To, oh my God. To, I, I, like I, I, I walked in at one point and I, I saw movement out of the corner of my eye and I glanced at them and then went <gasps> and looked away really quickly because I was like, what what just happened over there? And they went into a couple's massage room and I was like, they are 100% banging right now. <laughs> I can guarantee you. Before the massage, after the, maybe during the massage. Like, I mean, no, not a fan <laughs> of that idea. Leah and I are just, we're just still, we're like, what? What is, I remember that and then she and I went out to dinner that night and at the table next to us, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I, I feel like I've told this story on here before, but I'm going to tell it again because it's probably been two years. I'm just now remembering this. The couple next to us, the man, so it was like the man was sitting at a, on the booth side and the woman was sitting on the table chair side. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting on the table chair side, so I like right next to the woman basically, but we were obviously at different tables. The man had taken his shoe out of his loafer and had it on her chair. Like he'd stretched his leg completely out. So his foot was resting on her chair. And she was rubbing it 
during a meal. Okay, I already have a thing about feet, and I especially have a thing about feet with socks. With I have a thing about feet with food. <laughs> like, and then they were taking turns reading aloud to each other from a book. And at one point, she went to the bathroom, and the man struck up a conversation with me and Leah. No. And I, Yes, I would did. have been like, no. Like, oh. like if you'd be like, hey, I'd be like, no, 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 no. I, I think he asked about what we'd ordered or something. And so obviously, oh, wait, obviously they were swingers <laughs> and they wanted me and Leah to join. But um, they, I said, you know, I said, we did notice that you were reading um, a book to each other and we were curious as to what the book was. And I'm sorry, y'all, I don't remember the book. I'd have to probably look back in text messages with Leah, but it was, it was a book about like intimacy. That they no. were like reading aloud to each other. And he Again, was telling us all about like the workshops that this woman had done that he'd been to and... This the story. If I had been there, would have been like, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" I mean, like, none of your goddamn business. Like, <laughs> oh, no. been... Leah and I. I mean, they were solidly twenty to thirty years older. Twenty years older. Twenty years older. Oh, I forget how old no. I am sometimes. And but they were. We were just like, yes, we do want to learn more. This is only going to enhance our story. <laughs> I, I saw a thruple at uh, Pete's piano bar getting real handsy one time is the closest I've ever been to this. And this is before I think the term thruple or well, this is like I was still like in college or maybe grad school and it was super open and super handsy in front of the whole thing. And I'm like now thinking back on it going, how did no one else at Pete's piano? Like, why wasn't that the subject of the songs they were singing at Pete's piano bar? It also makes me wonder if it was a thruple or I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that road. Um, back it could to have this- been a guy who had, had hired two people. <laughs> I don't know, but it was definitely like a weird situation. So, so back to this episode. Um- Ooh, speaking of people being hired. Yeah. Um, Frazier is tutoring Kirby, who, first of all, this kid looks much older than a high school senior. Um, yeah. He looks like the lead singer of Spin Doctors. Yes, he does. That's one of the songs for Trivia Tomorrow Night is Two Princes by Spin Doctors. <laughs> yes. I love that song. That and Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. Whatever happened to the Spin Doctors? I think the world moved on from <laughs> them. It's a shame. Um, and he's like... You know, not doing great at the tutoring. This is such a sign that you and I haven't watched this episode in a while. Right. Um, well, it's it's Claire and, like, he keeps going back and forth with, should he ask Claire out or not? Well, and, and Jean Smart, Lana, keeps saying, it's yeah. not time. You need to give it more time. Whereas I'm like, hi, she's stringing you along so you can continue to tutor her son. And then Frazier runs into Claire at Nervosa and she further reiterates by just talking about things going on in her life, how perfect they are for each other. Mm-hmm. She, like, couldn't get tickets to this one opera, and Frazier is, of course, the season ticket holder, and, like, just all of these different things. And she's about to go to London for 10 days, at which point I was like, Claire, I want to be Claire in, you know, later in life. Right. I want to just go to London for 10 days. Um, and that's when Frazier asks her out, right? He's like, go out with me at Nervosa. Totally throwing to the, you know, to the wind the promises he's made, Lana. Why are you looking at your phone? Because I'm looking up the Spin Doctors and I'm finding out very interesting stuff about them. Like, originally they were a band called The Trucking Company with John Popper from Blues Traveler. And then he left and they became the Spin Doctors. And according to this, they have been active since 1988 with only a two-year hiatus between 99 and 2001. So, so apparently we could still in- go see... Are they still just singing... Two Princes and Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. They had a, a uh, album called If the River Was Whiskey in 2013. Is that the title of this episode? If the River Was Whiskey? If the river, river Was Whiskey? I don't know, maybe. Um, so, yeah, so sorry. I was just like looking at it. I was like, past members, John Popper. And I was like, Blues Traveler's John Popper? What is this? So yeah. sorry, I got distracted. Never heard, of, never heard of him. I've heard of Blues Traveler, obviously. Actually, he's, Blues he's Traveler a, song is a music rock. What I did is I pillaged a... Uh, playlist called hella 90s on spotify oh yeah and i did i i do random number generators to to pull songs for music round and mm-hmm. blues travelers on their runaround anyway oh, i love that song i love blues Traveler. um so I, I could go on a long thing about blues traveler but i won't because i want to talk about one thing that i did really like about this episode okay and it's i think it's jumping ahead to when he, he's at dinner with Roz, but this one's this is kind of a mess of a us redoing this so i think feel like we should get out of it asap <laughs> I do have some good one-liners here, apparently, and some other random thoughts. But anyway, go ahead. Um, the the kid whose name I forget. It's something weird. Kirby. Kirby. Okay, Kirby's not that weird of a name. 
I think I don't know. I've never met a Kirby in my life. Oh, okay. So one of my dad's good friends was Kirby. So I grew up with like a family friend named Kirby. Yeah. I know though more women named Kirby. I mean, I, as in I know two women named Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Kirby uh, is basically like wants to take Roz to prom. Is it prom or homecoming? Yeah, he, or? He, it's prom. He runs into Roz at Nervosa. Yes. And uh, is like totally smitten with her. That's being kind. And Makes sense. He obviously. Um, and Roz really wants the day off from to go wait in line overnight for Bruce Springsteen tickets. What a callback to old tech where you didn't wait patiently by your computer oh, to buy yeah. tickets. Um, and so Frazier says that he will get her the tickets for the front row for Bruce right. Springsteen if she goes to prom with Kirby. And it's, he ends up going to some restaurant that uh, Frazier has mentioned and Frazier has taken Claire there. So they're all there together. Mm-hmm. They all meet up. Everyone's like, you did this, you did, th-. and everyone's doing that thing in in, in uh, typical sitcom fashion, where everyone's mad at everyone else, but also like miscommunications left and right. And, and Fraser just goes, "Everyone, shut up!" And then he like explains each person's like, "I'm doing this because of this. Mm-hmm. This happened because of this. Here's what's going on here." And I was like, "Yes, thank you, Mister. Thank you. Like, let's sit down and untangle this sitcom yes. knot." Yes. <laughs> Uh, and yes, that was 100%. like the one thing I really appreciated about this episode. Yes. Um, I I have a few problems with things. Um, first of all, loved Roz's dress. Such an A, age appropriate yet also sexy dress. I was like, way mm-hmm. to go, Roz. Um, I said, OMG, the prom fashions of 2001. What the other girls were wearing what was so like women of the podcast women female listeners especially ones who grew up in dallas totally like whatchamacallit or terry costa circa 2001 where everything is very shiny everything is some sort of neon or like mm-hmm. in the fuchsia family in terms of that i i mean it took me right on back the fuchsia family um the fuchsia family should be the name of the episode maybe that will be the name of the episode um I would love if people felt the need to share their prom photos um, in the Facebook group. Perhaps I will share mine. I will also share that on prom day, I got my hair done at 9 a.m. and then went to a Dallas Stars playoff game because we got last minute tickets to it. And then I went from the playoff game to prom. So I didn't wear my dress to prom, though. I mean, I've seen one of uh, Tara's a prom picture. I don't know if it was the prom. They have like a bunch of proms where she was i bet tara was one of those like girls who got to go to lots of schools proms because she had like lots of friends and like boyfriends at other schools N- no oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> wrong she okay. went to a lot of proms in her school because she knew older guys she went with she had older dates so she did a lot of that i don't think she went to, she might have gone to other schools that know. was always that was like a big thing at my not, not a big thing but you knew who was like yeah, I'm going to this prom, but I'm also going to the St. Mark's prom, and I'm going to the Jesuit prom, and I'm going mm-hmm. to, you know, the I, I, prom. And... The thing I definitely want to get on air and recorded is that the picture I'm thinking of of Tara at a prom, a lot of butterfly clips. That's all I wanted to put Woo! out there. A lot of butterfly clips. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I love it. Um, yeah, I also... We went to uh, Humperdinks for dinner. All my Dallas mm. people know what's up. When Humperdinks for dinner before prom, uh, half of us got not. I wouldn't say food poisoning, but I would say we ate something oh, that just no. like that just made us all feel queasy off and on for the rest of the night. So, <laughs> is also, it food poisoning or is it just bad cooking? Like that's always yeah, a great feeling. <laughs> or, or like, yeah, and then um, but we got to prom and it turned out there was a pasta buffet at prom, and we were like, "What? This was not at all." <laughs> And also, who at prom wants to sit down and like dig into a bowl of like fettuccine alfredo? Like, hold on, let me let me carb up before the <laughs> macarena hits. <laughs> yeah, I also remember like not even being there for prom king and queen being announced and being mm. and just kind of shrugging as it all happened, being like, oh, okay, um, like neat. I don't know. I don't. I have very few memories of prom itself. But anyway, um, I, I, I I'm happy to post a a photo. Um, of myself at prom I'm, I, ooh, I don't know if I have any digital photos I might have to have the parents dig out a real one but yeah I would just love to hear people's prom stories memories um, or if you didn't go to your prom like why because I remember going to prom being not at all jazzed about going going and being like this is what all the movies are about because this did is did you go in a limo no a friend of mine had their dad's um, either Ford excursion or expedition I don't remember 
Tara, Tara and I were talking about that because we're going to watching Buffy and they got a limo and she's like, I don't think I've ever ridden in a limo. Did you go in a limo to prom? Um, I think so. I think we, a bunch of us all chipped in. So that was the thing. We, we were all going to go in a limo and then one of my friends, her boyfriend, like his brother, some, somebody had access to like a Ferrari or something. Some oh, fancy. Hell yeah. Some fancy sports car. And he was like, that's what I want. He didn't go to our school. And he was oh. like, that's what I want to take you to prom in. And so she was like, well, he's not going to pay for a limo because he wants to go in this, you know, mm. court. maybe it was a Corvette. Maybe it was a Corvette or something. And so then that was like, then when they dropped out, it was like, well, now it's just too expensive for everybody. Right, so. right, right. Um, let, hit me with your LOLs and let's let's get out of this. <laughs> uh, okay. I love that when um, oh, when uh, Lana picks up Kirby at Fraser's apartment and tells them to like she he can go down to the car and like he's like, can I listen to the radio? And she's like, yeah, but don't mess with my presets. It's light hits or nothing. <laughs> I just really enjoy that. Like, I want that to be when someone gets in my car and starts to change the station. I want to be like, it's light hits or nothing. That Niles orders the, a coffee known as the defibrillator at Nervosa. Um, because he is so tired because Daphne right. has been keeping him up all night. And he said that she's like a tuna on a trawler deck. <laughs> which I, I just thought that. was... Uh, also, apparently, Claire says, like, something about liking Sherry. See if you can find somebody who likes Sherry. Anyway, I don't, I don't know what that was in reference to. Oh, I also went, um, I said when Lana showed up at the restaurant holding Kirby's camera, I was like, oh my God, look at that camera. Because I think it was very old tech. What do you yeah. give it? <laughs> okay, we're just moving on. Um, okay, I give it, I, this is unfortunate because I just don't remember a whole lot about it. I'm going to give it five defibrillators. Oh, I've, I'm like three. I, like if I give it a zero because like, it's not zero bad because everything's rated one to ten, but it's like zero because I'm like I don't remember. Like it was it was a thing. I remember there being like you said homophobic contents. Yeah, that's right. Because Fraser tells uh, Kirby, I know, I know what what we're referring to. Fraser tells Kirby that if he gets a certain grade on his test, that he'll take him to dinner at like that restaurant that they end up going to. Yeah, taking prom his prom date too, and he's like, "That's gay." Yeah, then I'm like, "Oh, that did not." do well so i don't know it didn't age well but also i feel like it's still very applicable to what a high school senior would say to his tutor if his tutor was like i'll take you out to a nice dinner did somebody in that group have a floppy like mad hat or cat in the hat rave hat or am i just making that up well i wrote down what is this i said omg what is this orange outfit which i don't know what that's in reference to so (laughs) okay i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it three orange (laughs) outfits like whatever I'm so ready for this next one because I really, there's a lot of stuff I enjoyed about this next okay, one. Okay, so the next one is season eight, episode 23, A Day, a day in, in May. May. May 22nd, 2001. Fraser spends the day with Lana, helping her sell a house. Niles spends the day with Daphne and Eddie in the dog park. And Martin spends the day dealing with an old problem. Oh. So let's spend a second talking about the Martin thing because, like, in another show, I think I would have liked it. I liked what they were doing with it, but it, A, felt like it was out of nowhere. B, was not funny at all, Like, which was interesting. I was, I was kind of like, I appreciate what they're doing here. But like, also, they had it, it kind of um, closed out the episode and then went... So it's like, well, I guess this guy who shot me is good. And I don't really know, like, how did Martin feel about it? Like, I didn't know anything about it other than it was just kind of like this weird slice of life dramatic scene from Martin's life. And then it's like, and I'm like, okay, bad timing on all that. And also that they try to have such an air of mystery about it for the first two scenes that involve it. Like, the first one, just Martin talking to Niles on the phone, and you tell that Martin's obviously lying about where he is, but you don't know where he is. The right. second is him talking to this woman, and you're still like, I don't know what's going on. And I, then then you're like, oh, it's... And so I, I remembered, I thought it was what I thought it was when he was talking to Niles on the phone, and then when he talked to that woman, I was like, oh, this is the mother of the person who shot him. Like, I remembered this plot line at that point, but I agree. It's come out of, it came out of nowhere. Also, eight seasons in seems like a real weird time to suddenly bring this up which made me think they've had this plot card on their writer's room wall for a long time and finally decided to pull it down does it go anywhere like do we talk about it more next episode or well i I mean i I don't don't know but i I guess we'll have to find out but it's just it felt like the middle of a storyline like i don't know how to feel about it like like Mm -hmm. martin didn't i didn't really tell how martin felt about it like martin just kind of like this is a sad thing i have to do Mm -hmm. um 
you know, there's no like, like why was he hiding it from? The, I don't know. I thought I thought like when I saw it, I went, "This looks like a jail," and I went, "He's dating a convict." Like that was gonna be like he's been writing notes to some woman in a woman's prison, and this is the meeting or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's ridiculous." But then it was so like. I think there was a mystery and then the reveal of what it was wasn't much of a reveal. Like if it was something that nobody knew about, I I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if he went to like his partner had gotten murdered and he was there to help the guy get, there was no mystery to be had other than just, I guess he didn't want the boys to know what he was doing. I think, I think that we're supposed to think he didn't want the boys to know what he was doing because they would have made a big deal out of it. They would have insisted on coming or they would have insisted on talking to him about it and him being like, this is something I just need to do on my own. Like, I get that part. I think it was really sloppy storytelling. Right. I, I don't think it goes anywhere. I mean, I could be proven wrong. I don't think it does, though. Um, I, I don't think it was He's never just... referenced it before. He's never right. talked about going to, like, the parole hearing or anything. And I think it was a real missed opportunity for the show. Only because now I've watched so, like, I've seen Shawshank Redemption, and I've watched so many other, like, procedural shows and stuff. Right. To where I'm like, you could have really done something with it. And it's like, what are we supposed to, th- this is probably the big question. It's like, what are we supposed to think about the fact that Martin says, I have nothing to say? Like, yeah. is that him saying, like, I- I'm now neutral on this. Like, I'm not going to tell you he should stay in jail, but I'm also not going to say that I think he's been rehabilitated. Like, And also the fact that there are zero laughs to be had in Mm -hmm. any of these scenes puts this big spotlight on it and then it's like well what was this for Mm -hmm. like we didn't say anything about like the criminal there wasn't like a bigger thing to be said here there wasn't even just something about the character it was just like it felt like the stuff that should be happening like when the cameras aren't running in their lives like yeah it felt like something that perhaps martin references like like, oh, we've noticed dad's kind of cranky, crankier than usual lately. I wonder what's going on. Oh, last week he went to the parole hearing. Right. And maybe he feels guilty about whatever. I thought at first I was like, does he strike up, not a romance, but does he strike up like a friendship with the, the mom? And like. I they, was looking like, on Fraser Wikis to see if we'd met her before, like somehow. And I just, whatever. No, she's not in anything else. I guess I, that's what, she doesn't seem to come back in the quick look I saw. No, um, I don't. I mean, I don't. Again, I think this is it's dropped. Yeah, I, I mean, we're getting again. We're getting episodes I've only seen once, um, but I don't recall this ever being picked up again. I, I didn't recall that this was a storyline until I was like, "Wait, is Martin at the parole hearing for person who shot him?" Um, and do you ever like do did they ever do anything to make you think about the person who shot him previous to this? Like, I know he got shot, but they never say like. He never says, like, that jerk who shot me. Like, as far as I knew, that guy was dead. Like, he you know? said, I want to say, it's been very early on, because early on, it's obviously, it hasn't been a super long time since he was shot. I want to say he says things like, the kid who shot me. Maybe, yeah. I just don't, I never thought, like, I never connected a person to that event. Right, yeah, you know, maybe, I just thought, like, Martin got shot. The kid or, like, the perp who shot me. I want to say that those yeah. are, like, maybe the two things he says. Um, Yeah, it, it felt like... Again, it felt like a card that they've had sitting up on the writers' room wall for a long time, saying we're gonna we're gonna write about this at some point. And then they were like, for some reason, this is the one. Another thing I thought was super odd is that Martin just like doesn't take care of Eddie that day. I'm yeah, like, no one is like like Martin's like, oh, I just got up and went to the track and like completely forgot everything about Eddie. I'm like that doesn't raise a bunch of red flags for y'all like that would be like me texting my old neighbor and being like oh hey it's 1 p.m and i forgot about leo can you go? also i'm at the track betting money and have forgotten about my daily responsibilities isn't it like a oh, okay sure dad goodbye like yeah, i feel I like that raises my, other questions forgot. well i i feel like niles is kind of like well wait dad and then martin kind of ends it but like yeah i'm just like i don't think there's any follow-up I don't think they're like, Dad, how was your day at the track? Why are you wearing a black suit to the track? Yeah. I'm worried about Martin's life at this point that he can use. I'm at the track, betting at the horse track, and everyone's just like, sure thing. Makes (laughs) sense. I just woke up with an urge and just went straight here. Great. This sounds good. What time does the track open? Like, um... Um... So one other thing I want to bring up, there's like a few things I really want to make sure I bring up, but one of them is... 
and I'm cutting a little bit later, but I want to, congr- I want to like Jean Smart, like her jumping in at the end really feels like they're trying to give this character a spinoff show. And I think she potentially deserved it. Like okay. she just does such a good job. Like I'm starting to like her character. There's a thing I wrote in here where I'm like, I'm when they say, isn't it weird that we're friends? I'm like, Boy, I hope they stay friends. Like, I'm sure they're going to date because at that point, it's like any man-woman relationship has to be a dating one. But I liked them as friends. Mm-hmm. And But also when she's doing the bit with the popsicle stick house that's glued to the table, I'm like, she's pulling off some pretty good, like, physical, physical comedy, comedy. Yes. in a show that we have done nothing but praise the mm-hmm. ability of its two lead actors to do physical comedy. She comes in, like, this late in the game and holds her own is pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Um, do you, did you watch Hacks on HBO? No, I've seen two things with Gene Smart. Um, this and Watchmen, which she was wonderful in Watchmen, but. Wasn't she nominated for an Emmy for Watchmen? I think she was. Potentially. She was very, very good. Like, taking a character who was a legacy character from the comic or the t- or the movie, whichever you go to, and, but also, like. A, aging her up, and B, like, being, like, doing her own good spin on it. Like, there's, like, two or three characters that are from the, the, the book, and everything else is pretty original. And I think she does a really good job, like, like, like embodying this character, but also bringing her own spin to it. Hmm, okay. Okay, so I, I forget that I'm more historically familiar with Jean Smart than you are. Well, my parents yes. watch Hacks, which she won the Emmy for Best actress in a comedy last year um for it they really enjoyed it i haven't watched it but i've heard that's a very easy binge it's like 30 minute episodes 10 of them i mean um, i think she got that show off of yeah well, of hbo Watchmen. max basically was like or hbo in general was basically like oh okay gene smart like you're, you're ours now like she had a support who is she in, in the mayor, brady bunch movie mayor of east town if anybody has watched that she has she plays mayor's mom and is so good and i mean she was nominated for two emmys last year one for mayor and one for hacks um and she lost out to another person in Mare for the first one, but that was okay because she got it for Hex. So she's the neighbor in, in Oh yeah. The Brady. And if I remember correctly, she's always trying to have sex with yep. Greg. Mm-hmm. Which that's a movie oh. I need to I need to revisit. But I think she's always hitting on the Mr. oldest Brady, son. But you're right, it may be Greg. It may and be I, I think say, it's Greg. Not not to say that I I can appreciate a, a woman's um like physical appearance i was like jean smart you are a trim lady like in 2001 like she's dressed super appropriately for her age and for her job but still i was like you look great oh yeah she's she's very good looking but uh but like oh uh, uh, like i know we've talked about like other characters that aren't the main core in here but i'm like jean smart like can hang like i think she's good yes. for this group especially at this point i feel like she's mellowing out a little bit but not like getting bland she's still like her like when when fraser is talking to the guy which by the way i don't know why but i laughed so loud at the uh divorced guy i don't know why i find that type of humor so funny and it's probably going to karmically bite me in the ass someday but like there was uh there's an episode of the simpsons where marge kicks homer out of the house and he goes to live with millhouse's dad who's like staying in this apartment complex that's clearly for like men who are just recently uh, divorced like and, the shangri-la where niles lived yes and but then at night like he's sitting there and his he, he can hear millhouse's dad be like <laughs> linda <laughs> and then like it zooms out and you just hear like all these men be like <laughs> martha <laughs> diane like everyone's just crying <laughs> doing this and i think about that all the time mostly because when i worked in rockville there wasn't a, a bar like within walking distance to go grab a beer with people from work, except for this hotel next door. That was like the long-term hotel. And we did it a couple times. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. It's too depressing. Cause it was like, all just looked like people just like staring into the, like sitting by themselves at the bar, staring into their own beer, thinking about like the alimony that was coming up or whatever. It was really wow. bad. That this, this is really taking a turn. I did find that guy really really funny though um, in, in a sad way um that was Pat, his name was philip in the show philip donovan but he was played by patrick breen who was also a that guy um weirdly plays a bunch of aliens yes i saw that <laughs> i know him best from um he had <clears throat> very similar roles on madam secretary and on the good fight um 
so recurring roles if anybody's familiar with that but i, I was mm. scrolling back so i was like i know he was something else he plays a very important role in one episode of the west wing so for all of my um wing nuts out there it is <laughs> the episode in season three the black vera wang and it's when sam finds an oppo video for president bartlett and goes and takes it to his friend who's like a comms person for the Republican Party named Kevin Kahn, and he gives it to him, and it's like, we found your oppo video, we don't want it, and then he leaks it, and then Sam is like, you screwed me to him, and he yells at him, and they yell at each other in the rain, and Kevin Kahn is played by Patrick Green. Patrick Green also, now 61, and I swear I saw him like three years ago on Madam Secretary, never would have thought he was wow. 60, so. Um, uh, I heard a woman's voice, I thought it might be my wife coming back to me is how he's introduced, and that really made me laugh. Um, uh. I, good. I also want to point out a real quick West Wing thing. Anytime I see the actor who was the lead of the like guys who wanted to change the map, mm-hmm. I always see him in something, and I'm always like the map guy. And like he's in he's in a million different things, but like I swear to God, in the last week I saw him in a trailer for something, and I was like the guy who wants to change the maps on that one episode of the West on the on the cheese episode. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, big block of cheese day. Big yes, block of cheese day. Cartographers. I want to say it's cartographers for the equality of America, but I, I it's I, I don't think that's quite right. It's cartographers for something. Um, but I, I'm 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 happy for you. Um, in that I also love that his character. <laughs> you don't have to say it if you don't mean it. <laughs> I love anything that reminds people of one of the best TV shows that's ever aired. Oh, okay. So. You just said it in such a way that was like... In such a flat way. I don't know how to get to my next thought, so here's what's coming out <laughs> of my mouth. I, I didn't know how to get to my next thought, and now you've made it even more awkward. I also loved that Philip was an <laughs> air traffic controller. Yes. So another plot... There's a lot of plot in this episode. One of them yes. is that Roz borrows Fraser's car to take <laughs> Alice and her friends to an ice cream party. Okay. This, this is where, like, Practical Laurel gets a little too involved. Does that car have car seats? Alice is like three years old. Alice is driving. Roz seems Roz in two thousand one car seat, let alone like one for each. Because now kids have to be in car seats until they're like twelve. So ah, she's sitting on Roz's lap. It was fine. Um, Put some phone books in the back. That's the one where they have the Alice POV shot where she's like, "Did you throw up in the car?" No, like I like that. A lot. I also took that to mean that the child doctor was not being cooperative that day, and they're like, "Okay, we're not going to have Perry try to talk to her. We're going to have this shot from her point of view." Right. Um, uh, I really I, enjoyed Fraser saying, "But I have my clean team privileges card." No, there's no diamonds in the corner. Yes. Well, yes, I want to be a member of the Diamond Alliance. <laughs> I felt like that was something you would uh, pop on. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a note here that I think is a very important discussion topic. Okay, does anyone not in a Renaissance festival have white velvet pantaloons? <laughs> like, I, yeah, I didn't. Um, it's funny because I started to bump on that thinking there was going to be an explanation as to why Fraser had those and then... He didn't follow up on it. So. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Like, I would imagine I having pantaloons is one no. thing. Like, Also, how much do I love the term pantaloons? I love it. I, I use I've heard it way, you say it before, yeah. Yeah, I, I've heard, I use it way too much for it not being the Renaissance time period and me not being a Renfest person. I'm going to image search real quick pantaloons and just see what the first, if, if what I'm thinking is what I, I'm, I'm thinking almost up. like hammer pants, like very blousey, balloony kind yes. of pants. Yes. Like, all of them are, like, they look like pirates. Although there's a lot of, like, women in midriffs in these pictures. Or this one woman who's topless with her arms crossed. So she's like, no, she's not even topless. I think she, we're meant to think she's topless. This is weird. I'm now weirded out by the search. <laughs> oh, Ryan, Google Images just pulls up things based on your other searches. So just mm. look at your life, look at your searches. <laughs> when I'm, yes. Show me some blousy pants women. That's my <laughs> That's my fetish. Have I ever told you about when I was at work and someone sent me like kind of a mean email, like a joking mean email? And I was, and so I go, well, I'm going to send him a picture. I'm going to send him a picture. Let's know how I feel. I'm going to look up jerk. And then all of a sudden, like my uh, production manager walked over and on my screen is a sea of penises. And she's like, uh, and I go, and I, and I think this is the only reason I got away with it because I very close, very calmly and, and collected 
closed the window and turned around and said, Anne, I wish to apologize. But let me first explain why this is on my screen. You see, and then explain what happened. And she's like, okay. But like, I was just like, of course, of course, this is what happened. I thought this was an okay term to look at, but apparently not. Uh, similarly, I was looking for recently funny tree toppers. Like, uh, you know, something to put, like, some people have angels, some people have stars on top of their tree. I wanted, like, just a humorous one. Like, I honestly wanted a block of cheese. Like, somebody made a tree topper that looks like a block of cheese. <laughs> so you could be, like, a Packers fan tree? <laughs> oh, that, that's actually a great idea. I should honestly search Packers fan websites for that. Um, and uh, it turns out that you search, like, funny or witty tree toppers, and there is a whole subgenre of people who want to put glittery gold dildos on the top of their tree and so you made makes sense dildos. um yeah so that came up a lot a lot i i have a question for you that's kind of related to this oh i can't wait <laughs> when when you think of spencer's gifts what do you think of so if you were to ask me based on my journeys into spencer's gifts i think of like joke gifts and right. like tchotchke kind of-esque things right however right so hold on hold on so we take my uh 17 or eight my 18 year old nephew when we're in uh plano for last we take him and he's girlfriend which he has a like the sweetest i love his girlfriend so much she was so nice but then we we took him out to to lunch and we were talking and we were talking about something that does in, in Tara was like, blah, blah, blah. We are telling some story when we were in high school. And we are like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, we were hanging out in Spencer's Gifts. And their eyes got so wide and, like, were, like, looking at us. We're like, what? They're like, you guys just hung out in Spencer's Gifts? And we're like, yeah, it's just, like, weird this, that, and the other. And they're like, no, it's, like, sex toys now. And I'm like, what? And then we we went to one. And I was like, they're not kidding. Like (laughs) They still exist? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one in the Round Rock uh, outlet I just saw. We were at a mall. I forgot. I think maybe it was the Round Rock outlet where we were. But there was stuff I went in there and I was like, this is in a – like, when I went there, there was, like, a greeting – when I was in, in high school, there was, like, a greeting card section. Yeah. And there were, like, five greeting cards that were, like, some beefcake with a thong or, like, yeah. some chick with, you know, a That's large chest. That's where I feel like you get, like, a hat with a little – propeller on top yeah and, and like and we went in yeah. this time and i'm like what is this big candy cane oh god that's not a candy cane uh and i'm like we're running out like what is yeah. this so yes i do think that they have changed genres perhaps and become a little bit more like erotica based. yes a little bit more adult entertainment based i also thought they didn't exist anymore so right. interesting I, but I just felt so bad for my nephew as his uncle and aunt are telling his girlfriend a story about going to a sex shop. And they're mm-hmm. like, we're like, huh? And like, they were just like, so like mortified looking at us tell this. And then we were like, explained it to him like, oh yeah, it's not like that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, not all adult entertainment shops have blunt names like condoms to go. So are condom <laughs> sense. So I have another note here. This is I love tank in all capital letters. Yes. Although I, when tank showed up holding just the rope that, that Niles had thrown to Eddie, I went, Oh my God, did that dog eat Eddie? Well, and that's then what Niles he says. was like, is the rest of Eddie inside? <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, um, but I, I give a it, shout out to uh, tanks owner whose name I don't remember, but the actor is Tom Verica, mm-hmm. who uh, is not only an actor, but a very prolific TV director. He's kind of in oh. the Shonda Rhimes, um, camp and he's directed a lot of Grey's Anatomy a lot of Scandal he had a role in the first season of how to get away with murder in that he is the murder that occurs he is characters murdered in the first episode and Mm. the whole season is spent trying to determine who killed him um y'all also may recognize him if anybody was a fan of the tv show American Dreams in the which premiered in on NBC Sundays in 2002 um he was the dad of the Pryor family in um, American Dreams. Um, I think I that show was on one. for three years, maybe. I watched the first season religiously. That's where Brittany Snow got her start, if anybody mm. is familiar with who Brittany Snow is. So, anyway, um, big Tom Verica fan, for lack of a better word. Also, I follow him on Twitter, I think, and I seem to recall that he's a decent Twitter follow. But he does, I really hate more directing now. Mm. How? What were your thoughts on this plotline of Niles being jealous uh, and uncomfortable with... Daphne being friends with a fellow dog owner. I liked it, especially because I liked the comeuppance at the end. I especially Mm -hmm. liked that Daphne, like, 
gave him an out and he didn't take it. Because I feel like if this happened to me, like, I would have a discussion with Tara where I'm like, hey, this is a really weird request, but can you not, like, see him anymore? Like, like, or go to the dog park? You know, I would, that would be the discussion. Mm -hmm. Which I don't think I would, you know, it'd be a little more like that. I wouldn't be like this, but him doing that weird go around of like, let's pick one thing that we have to like enforce on the other. And then she's like, you sure you want to do this one? And he's like, Mm -hmm. oh, got my rafting tour in Chile. (laughs) I was like, all right. moving there. Yeah. So, and then I like Daphne's like, I wonder what I'll use. Oh, well, I've got the rest of my life to think about So, and it was funny because as he was, after he picked that and when he, and he, Niles, Niles and Daphne are talking to that guy. Gosh, I got to remember his name. Um, he, I thought at some point he was going to be like, yes, me and my boyfriend are going to Chile or right, something. Right, I thought yeah. he was going to say something like that. And then I was like, oh, that's right. He's like moving. Um, but some part of me was also just like, Niles, she, she can be friends with whoever she wants to be friends right. with. Right. I, like, I like, but. And I get that, and that's the feeling they wanted to make you have, so that he looks like the fool at the end of that. Yes, yes, it's, yes. No, I, I, I agree. It just, it's, it made, it's not like rewarding that behavior; it's, it's punishing it in a way. C- correct. I just, we all know how much I love Niles, and anything <laughs> that paints Niles in a negative light, I bristle at. So, oh, I, I like that one a lot. I mean, I, I, again, any scene with Tank in it was wonderful. Except I didn't like that he referred to Eddie as an old Weezer at one point, and I was like, wow. So, um, as as if people have been clocking um, how long I've had Leo, Leo turned 10 in December, roughly. I've now had him for four years as of last Thursday. Um, please hold your applause. And, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, will I don't have... know why I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> Just like, please hold your applause. Uh, I don't know if he could hear you over the applause, to be honest. But um, please pipe <laughs> in that, that you know, raucous applause that you piped in before. But... Um, it's funny when people will ask me in the elevator, like when they pet Leo and stuff, they'll be like, oh, how old is he? And when I say 10, people will either be like, oh, like I thought he was younger. Like, oh, like what a, like what, what a, you know, elder statesman or something. And sometimes people will be like, oh, oh. <laughs> what and an I old wanna be like, Yeah. How about you go, you know, jump off a cliff because Jack Russell Terrier's average lifespan is 16 years. So why don't you go jump off a cliff? What would you say if someone said that to you, like old Weezer? I mean, other than I just try and get out of the conversation as quickly as possible. (laughs) You're old Weezer. I mean, if somebody... Yeah, also, I've never heard old Weezer. I've heard of Geezer, but I've never heard of Weezer. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Anyway. You ready to get out of this one? Uh, uh, Wait, excuse me. One thing I enjoyed is that Niles wanted to take Daphne to the Botanical Garden for the tour of succulents. Mm -hmm, Succulents are like the most boring thing to tour. (laughs) They don't bloom. That's so funny because in my head, this is stupid. It would be a parade of succulents in that thing. But for some reason in my head, the the succulents were touring past you. I don't know (laughs) how that would have worked. But like for some reason, that seems more delightful. Ryan, I don't know how to tell you this. Succulents aren't mobile. Well, just like on a conveyor belt and you sit there and you're like, oh. Like, like they're on a rotating thing, like a like a sushi conveyor belt. And they just keep going by you. Yeah, no, that's also. Have you been to one of those sushi conveyor belt restaurants? No, I, I. There's something about having it sit there. Like, I don't know how long it's been on there. I'd have to know exactly when it got on. I, well, I mean, you don't know exactly when your sushi was plated that you ordered, but I, I went to one in Korea where you we watched them like you know as they put it on something new. But I have to say your bill can add up real fast because you're just like pulling sushi and yeah. eating it, and then suddenly you're like, oh, oh, I've eaten a lot of sushi. My bill is rather high. Anyway, that's uh, I think that's it for me on this one. I like this one. Other than the weird, like the weird uh, dramatic thing, like to me wasn't bad. It was just like that's odd. Like you know what it was I'm saying? Very out of place. Yeah, it's still. And again, I just will. I had a big laugh at. Well, I guess he won't get his pro now. <laughs> like, it's just also, like, like, wow. When he starts to leave and he kind of starts to turn towards the mom and then keeps going, you're just yeah. like, yeah, and then you're right. And then, which is the goofiest, which is a good, a good point of like, I feel like they've done it in the past where they've ended kind of dramatically, but nothing that felt as juxtaposed to this, to the ending music as this did. So it's if you watch the West Wing, if you watch West Wing when it was on Netflix, and I think it's still the case on. Um, actually, it's the case on the DVD and on HBO Max. I'm pretty sure. But a lot of West Wing episodes end kind of somberly or mm-hmm. solemnly, and 
the credits music on the DVD and on streaming is this like jaunty da, 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 and it does not match it. It's jarring. Like an episode will end and it's something you're like, ah! anyway, let's write the episode. Uh, seven, six, somewhere in there. Six pops glasses. I would give it six clean team privileges card mm. cards. Um, I liked it. I, it would be higher if it weren't for the, again, it wasn't a bad storyline with Martin and the parole. It was just poorly executed. Ooh, hate to use the term executed when we're talking about parole, but just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was also like, is shooting a police officer but not killing, is that a capital crime? I don't know. Well, that's the, my know. thing. It took me a while to realize that it was Martin's assault, uh, you know, assailant. Uh, assailant, as opposed to, I thought maybe it was like, Joanna was her his partner's white widow mm. or something and that was what we we're gonna find out so uh but if you guys have other thoughts on these episodes if you want to tell us uh some of your prom experiences maybe maybe did you take a loan to prom let us know uh you can call us at I didn't have a date to prom so that's no one took me to prom Boopy doo, boopy doo, boopy. Like this bummer right before. Uh, Seattle area code 206 657 6986. We are craniacs at gmail.com. That's C R A N E I A C S at craniacs on Twitter, craniacs of Fraser Podcast on Facebook. Give us a five star review wherever you hear us, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else. Overcasts. Stitcher, wherever you find us, let us know. We had a weird thing going on on Spotify the other day, but I think I fixed it. Uh, I do want to say that you can now rate podcasts on Spotify. So, Ooh, so please. do that. Let us know. Maybe you'll be our first five-star rating. But if you don't want to give us five stars, I have. I didn't know if you were going to throw it to me. And I was like, really like, uh, <laughs> looking around the room like, you could vacuum. Oh, no. um, You could. <laughs> uh, the new season of Queer Eye is out Mm. and it is set in a town very dear to craniacs known as austin texas that is where the metro area that ryan and i both live in uh if you have been reticent to watch craniac or watch craniacs watch queer eye for whatever reason if i found out recently that one of my friends thought every episode was sad because she heard people cry at every episode they're happy tears people i think you said this yeah tears so, please give Craniacs. Give, God, why do I keep saying Craniacs? You, say, you sound like me with Craniacs, a Facebook podcast on Fraser. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> um, just, like, give Queer Eye a try. It's in, its its sixth season. It's really, like, just, I, I keep thinking it can't maintain how good it is, and it does. Um, uh, also, if you just want to see more of the city that Ryan and I call home. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a real it's a real delightful one. Also, this one touches on because it started filming right when the pandemic started. It touches on like how the pandemic has impacted things. Yeah, the episode with the broken spoke uh, two step teacher is really good. I've it's, seen a yeah. couple of them with Tara. It's very good. I think. I mean, I've seen maybe three or four of this season. I all of them are very good. So um, that is my hot take, but not su- not not scalding hot because the show's been out since 2018. So. Um, but just if you've been looking for a reason to jump in, let this be your reason. Also, then maybe go back. I realized I hadn't finished the Philadelphia season because Netflix was like, well, yeah, you can start the new season. But what about the, all these episodes you got waiting for you? And I was like, oh, so I've been watching some of those. Um, you can also kind of watch them all out of order, you know, just find oh, one yes. that tickles your fancy yes. and check it out. Yeah. Um, there's an episode, uh, what was her name? Her name was Mama something. And... Anyway, Anthony like cried throughout her entire episode, and they have like a super cut on the on the Instagram for Queer Eye of Anthony in that episode. It's just Anthony like constantly breaking down into tears. Anthony in the in the Austin episode is a little how did Tara call it thirst trappy, where he does a lot of like I'm just gonna do some some push ups right here. Those get yes. some more shots of Anthony with his shirt off. <laughs> like it's a little I, like I, I will say though he's not the editor of that. Like that's Netflix or whoever the you know editor in the. Well, I mean, it depends on how much of that content he's giving to them, it's but true. it might be a little of both. But but um, Alice who's your favorite? Out that that Anthony is uh by he's not. Oh he's really? Both men and women. So she's like, well, yeah, Anthony, like increase your he, odds. Does he still show- date both men and women? 
he said he's been in relationships with both. He happens to be in a relationship with a man right now, but okay. Well, I didn't know if it was like Karamo, where Karamo was married. Like there was, you know, there's there's yeah. a lot of uh, not so much. I, I mean, not as much anymore. But there are gay men who have had heterosexual relationships mm-hmm. in a in a in an attempt to closet. I don't I don't know, you know, for whatever reason, but they wouldn't qual- classify themselves as bisexual now. Right. Anthony, I think, currently identifies himself as bisexual. Interesting. I did like, not know that. Yeah. So um, I'm sorry that I'm now a threat to your perhaps hopes to get with Anthony. But Oh, no. I'm a Bobby boy all the way. I, I know. I know. I love me some Bobby. I mean, I, I know. I, did you ask me earlier who my favorite was? Yes. Have, have we not? Have we not talk, maybe I talked about this in trivia because it was a category last week. Um uh, so my favorites rotate. I, I love all of them. I mean, I mean yeah, they're all great. It, it, it's like pick your favorite ice cream. It's like I love so many of them. So I, I just it, it really rotates for every episode, and I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I would say all of them are my favorite at different times. I don't. I, I love Karamo. I don't know that he's ever been my favorite in any one episode, though. We did talk but, about this because I remember you saying this about Karamo. Okay. Um, oh my God, I, did we talk about it in the last episode. If I, if we possibly, uh, hey, listen, if we're over a hundred episodes, we have to repeat some stuff. I'm gonna tell you one thing that I, I screamed at our television watching Queer Eye was I'm walking off. One of my favorite parts of Queer Eye is the like, here's a little trick at the end, which they, oh, you know, I feel like I liked the way they did it in the old, ep- the old uh, show better because it was like here are five things, but they were mostly just like listicles. Now mm-hmm. it's like just kind of them playing, but they did one where like. Anthony came in and Tan was like, ooh, what's that smell? Your pants smell. And he's like, if you want to get that smell out of your pants, but you don't want to wash them. If your pants have that, put them in the freezer. And then, like, Tara looked at me, and I am just, like, mouth agape staring at the screen. He's like, put them in the freezer. That'll get rid of that rancid smell in your jeans. Folks, if your jeans smell rancid wash them i don't care how expensive they were because that was this thing he was like if you don't want them to fade just throw them in the frit in the freezer and that'll get rid of the smell i'm like you are a disgusting piece of crap dan I'm i have out. clearly not gotten to that episode because i don't remember that tip and oh my yeah. god i lost my mind tan i went like i'm sh- I- i'll probably get over it eventually but like tan fell so hard in the rankings i was like that's disgusting wash yes. your jeans Especially, especially to use the term rancid, rancid to describe it. Like, rancid to me is like, maybe you need to throw those jeans away. Like, to me, it's like, I went out last night, people were smoking, and like, I don't want, you know, like, throw them in the, you know, or something that's like, there's a strong scent that's not, hey, I've been wearing these jeans too long. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Disgusting. Well, guys, uh, thanks for, uh, uh, we got through two episodes of this one, so next time I think we'll just do the, uh, the finale of season eight. And we'll do a wrap up of season eight. Yeah. I mean, it was a big, it was a big season in terms of moving plot along. Absolutely. And I, you know, who knows what's going to happen in this last season. I feel like Gene Smart's, there's going to be something with Gene Smart, maybe moving into the, to season nine. So we'll find out. Uh, stay tuned. But until then, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're listening. Bye y'all.